Welcome to Peaks Podcast. This is episode 46, season 4, and actually episode 2 of season 4 with Peaks Podcast. Welcome, and I hope you're enjoying our season. Everest, we have a special guest here that we're going to be talking to shortly. I've been overwhelmed by the number of people that have come out to help me train. They've come from all areas of the country. Last week I had uh, my Colorado buddies, Charlie and company, up here climbing. And this past week, my family came up and cheered me on. We're on day 20. 20 more days till departure for Everest. Right now, we're doing a real fun training up at a basin between 12 and 13,000 feet. And the view I have right now, looking up at the east wall of Arapahoe Basin, is second to none. You'll hear some noise in the background. That's uh, skiers enjoying the uh, mountain and activities here at Arapahoe Basin. Uh, All I can say is a big thank you to all my supporters helping me train up. It's been a long couple years. As you'll remember, last year we got canceled off Everest, and we're going after her again on April 5th, departure to Kathmandu. Today, it's March 16th, as I mentioned, 20 days till departure. If you want to get any video or photos of our expeditions, you can go to www.peakspodcast.rocks. That's peakspodcast.rocks. And also remember that we're doing this all for kids that need. Uh, my charity is www.foreman7project.org. Foreman7project.org. So if you want to give to a a child in need that hasn't been able to experience the mountains like uh, I'm so blessed to have the the advantage to do then please give to that uh, charity Uh, we're real excited to have this uh, guest speaker Mr. Austin Osuch just happens to be my son-in-law as well he is not a climber and he's going to ask some questions and interview me. A little twist on the uh, podcast today in episode two. Uh, he's going to see what uh, he can learn about uh, an Everest expedition in this podcast. So without further ado, let me pass this off to Mr. Austin Osuch. Thank you, Brad. Well, it's an honor to be featured on the Peaks podcast. And it's, I think this is going to be fun where we turn the tables and interview the climber. You know, I think climbing Everest is, is second to none. And really every climber's dream and, and kind of pinnacle of their climbing career. So I'm excited to interview you and ask you a few questions about how you prepared for this trip. The emotions you're feeling. And, and, and some of the hiccups and, and, and getting to where you're at today. So before we start, or I guess as we start, the first question I have for you is, what sparked your interest in climbing? And has, has Everest been the pinnacle of that excitement? Uh, thank you, Austin. Well, 
I guess I got started, my father was a real outdoorsman, and I think he used me as an excuse when I was just a wee young tot uh, to get out into the outdoors, fishing, camping, hiking. We went out all the time, and I think that uh, got me interested. Of course, there was Boy Scouts uh, after and with my father that uh, we did climbs, and uh, that kind of got me in the habit of uh, camping and hiking and enjoying the outdoors. So that was my first real taste, and I haven't stopped uh, looking at uh, the next peak, so to speak. Here you go, Austin. Awesome. So I know one of your life goals <clears throat> has been to climb the seven tallest summits in the world. I believe you're on. this will be your sixth summit. The seventh would be the one just outside of Indonesia. But given this goal, well, how did you come up with this goal of climbing seven of the largest summits in the world? Well, you're correct. This is my sixth summit, Everest, and I got one more after that in Papua New Guinea. That's Karsten's. I've tried twice for Karsten's. If you've uh, listened to the previous uh, podcast, some heartbreaks there. You never know when uh, climbing what's uh, going to be handed to you next. Um, Everest is is a biggie, and I'm really excited for it. Uh, I got started on the seven summits, actually. My climbing crew in Colorado for the last 30 years, we started climbing 14ers. And over the years, we, my buddies have climbed all the 14ers. I still have some to go. And actually, they've climbed all the Centennial, the top 100 summits in Colorado. So we decided, hey, let's go off campus and uh, start doing some big climbs off uh, in other countries. So that led us to the continent of Africa. And one of the seven summits in Africa is Kilimanjaro. We did that in 2002. You'll see pictures of photos of that in my uh, blog, peakspodcast.rocks. I highly recommend you checking that out because Kilimanjaro is a great peak to start out with. It's 19,000 feet above sea level. And of course, it's just a beautiful mountain. You have almost every uh, type of environment during that climb from savanna to tropical forest to glacier. So it's quite remarkable in uh, its... its uh, grandeur so after Kilimanjaro we started you know it's kind of got my interest in the seven summits because you know we got that one done and you know 19,000 feet didn't seem all that tough and uh, so continued on from there and now in 20 short days heading off to Everest I never would have thought uh, here you go Austin so with 20 days tell your probably the biggest climb in your career. Give me a sense of where your mind's at. What kind of emotions you're feeling? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Fill in everybody with how you're feeling. I get that uh, question a lot, so I'm glad you were covering it here with you, Austin. Great question. Um, no, I'm not scared, but I will say that I am completely respectful. Completely respectful. 
of Everest. I have made the choice not to climb Everest until uh, later in life because of my young three children and I wanted to wait till they got off on their own because there are some very serious and real risks in climbing Everest. So I've waited and now uh, my kids are self-sufficient and I don't have any regrets in going up there and, you know, testing my skills on the mountain. Um, I have tried to prepare, over-prepare, and I would say that's where my biggest concern is, is just being ready. I've been training, and we'll talk about that later in the podcast, I think. Uh, Austin has a couple questions on that. But uh, my theory is be prepared as the old Boy Scout uh, motto goes, be prepared. So I've been trying to train uh, above and beyond anything I've trained for before so that uh, at least it won't be my physical abilities that limit myself during this uh, challenge. Austin, hear you. back to you. So Brad, I hear you talk about being prepared and I assume that's probably a prerequisite for this climb. So you talked a little bit about the emotional side of things or uh, the mental side of things and where your head is at. And as I've been staying with you for the last five days, I've really, I've really noticed that you've taken your training very seriously. Um, you're on a body cleanse right now. You're waking up early in the morning and going for a hike then going skiing with me and doing two a days. Walk us through kind of a daily regimen that you've, that you've put into your model to get prepared. Okay. Well, for me, uh, being a little older than the average uh, Everest climber, I've decided to uh, do maybe a little bit more than I would have expected of myself. In the morning, I uh, get up and I do... Uh, some strength workout, you know, push-ups, crunchers, that kind of thing for 30, 40 minutes. Then I'll do a 30 to 50 pound pack hike between 10,000 to 11,000 feet above sea level for two, two to two and a half hours, probably five, six miles in uh, sometimes hard pack, some times post hole snowshoe snow so it's uh, pretty pretty good exercise for the morning workout I'm sweating my carry can keep my heartbeat around no higher than 120 so fat burning muscle building type exercise and then in the afternoon the treat uh, I have people like Austin here that uh, come out and uh, acclimatize so I'll ski between 11 and 13,000 feet for the afternoon, and it's just so rewarding being up here. I'm looking up at the east wall, and it is spectacular. I'm watching a guy ski down, doing beautiful turns through the powder couloirs. It's invigorating and uh, a great end for my workout. So probably about five hours of good cardiovascular workout, and uh, I'm feeling good. Back to you, Austin. So let's get in the nitty gritty, Brad. I wanna hear a little bit more about the actual trip that you're taking to Everest. 
talked about how prepared you are and what's led up to this trip. But now let's talk about the trip in itself. You're, you're headed out to Everest, which is a deadly climb. Who is your guide? And how, do, I mean, you're putting your life in his hands. Tell us a little bit about why you trust him and who he is and, and, the, and the group of people you'll be, you'll be summiting with. Okay, well, the climb has uh, many different twists and turns. Uh, as my lead guide, Jacob, says, uh, rigid flexibility is always the, uh, the path when climbing. In other words, we make a plan, but it can always change. Rigid flexibility. Jacob's been a guide of mine uh, on two of my last big climbs, Denali and Antarctica. I've chosen him amongst uh, many of the other tour companies I've been with over the last three decades. Uh, they're out of Colorado, and I really trust him. And uh, there's not a day I go up on a mountain with Jacob, and uh, I don't learn something new. So it's, uh, it's a learning experience and uh, very rewarding. Hopefully, kind of like these podcasts are for you listeners, you know, it encourages uh, you to get out and do the, some outdoor activities. When I'm out with these guides, they encourage me to push my limits and try new techniques and different things that I've never been exposed to. And that's a real thrill in life. I hope each and every one of you get out and try something new in the outdoors because it is well worth it and something I look forward to on my expedition at Everest. Austin? So Brad, I know you're headed up the mountain with a group of people. I assume they're from all over the world. Do you know these group of people and where they're from? Can you chime in a little bit on the diversity of the group? Yeah. One of the real fun things about the international climbing community is the diversity. You have some of the craziest, wildest characters in the world all together on the same mountain. Whether it's the Red Bull group or the Russians or the Japanese or Chinese, they are all super interesting and uh, they make the whole climb in a great thing. On my Everest expedition, I have two other Americans, both whom I have climbed with. Scott and Daniel, uh, one on Denali and one on uh, Vincent in Antarctica. Great guys. Uh, I'll be proud to consider them my teammates on Everest. And the other climbers are from other countries, uh, South Africa, Ireland, uh, England. So we have a, a real special group, and I really look forward to getting to know each of the individuals. It's kind of like being a freshman in college and you're thrown into this group of people that you might have never known and you end up making some of the best friendships of your life. That's what I would uh, compare it to. Being on a mountain expedition for 60 some days as I will be is second to none. It is super rewarding and uh, whether you just go out hiking in your neighborhoods I uh, really hope everybody gets out there and tries to do something fun in the outdoors and enjoy it. Austin? All right, Brad. So I'm not a climber, but I'm a surfer. And gear is an important piece, right? I, I live 
close to Santa Cruz and San Francisco and a wetsuit is mandatory in getting in the water um, and having the right wetsuit that doesn't seep water in etc is, is mandatory so given that this is such an intense climb and technical climb I assume you have some technical gear that you're going to need specific to this climb can you walk us through kind of what what the packing list looks like and and if there's anything particular for Everest that you need that's different from other climbs yep gear is everything if you don't have if you're not prepared with the right gear your expedition is doomed to fail so like your wetsuits uh, and uh, being prepared for your uh, surfing expeditions climbing's no different for Everest we'll be using a lot of the same uh, gear that we used on Denali. Uh, we will not be using snowshoes, so I don't have to include that, but I'll have over 100 pounds of gear in, loaded in two duffels that will include all the stuff from Denali, but extras in, I'll have different, you know, several different uh, pairs of under clothing undergarments that uh, wick moisture away from my body i'll probably have five of the upper body and lower body i'll have uh, six different pairs of expedition socks i didn't need to bring that many on the other uh, expeditions i'll have two uh, 30 below sleeping bags one for base camp and one for on the mountain never done that before so that's a unique twist in the climb um Oh, I'll have my famous onesie. I've only broken it out one time before on Aconcagua down in South America. And the onesie's uh, the, the outfit that's kind of the, the perfect outfit for Everest. It's a big, puffy down suit that you wear the entire time you're up in the high elevation. That kind of makes you look like a Pillsbury uh, doughboy real big and puffy and they're super warm so i'll be bringing my uh, my onesie up on the mountain with me so for gear it'll be a some a lot of redundancy and uh, you know just extras of everything and of course we'll bring uh, nightlight because up there we will have uh darkness unlike antarctica where i didn't even need to bring uh a headlamp so i'll bring three headlamps two backups and one for uh for use, real important. Anyhow, that's the equipment. Back to you, Austin. So Brad, I, I don't know a ton about Everest, but I do know that there are two routes up to the top. And given, this, given COVID and, and everything going on, I don't know, in the time of year you're going, I believe one's in China, is that right? Correct. And then uh, is the other one Kathmandu? Nepal. Nepal. Correct. Nepal. So, do you have any idea of which route you'll be taking as of right now? Well, great question. Uh, once again, rigid flexibility. We had totally planned for two years on going up the Tibetan side, the Chinese side. Uh, China, in their infinite wisdom, has decided not to issue permits. So, we will be going up the Nepalese side which is the southern route. The good part about the southern route is that uh, they do mountain rescues, helicopter evac off the southern route 
unlike the northern route where there is no uh, evac plan to date. So that's kind of a, a nice thing, a security blanket in case there's uh, any injuries on the mountain. There will be uh, the ability to rescue on the south. Um, also, because of COVID, there's going to be, we hear, at least 33 to 50% less people on the mountain. Of course, everybody saw those crazy pictures from 2016, 2017 with the lines. Well, we are going to have few, much fewer climbers on the mountain because of the pandemic. So that should work to our advantage. So we're looking for some you know, real good conditions up there on Everest in 20 short days. The time is ticking and we are ready to advance. Here you go, Austin. All right, Brad, this is, this is my last question before we kind of wrap things up here. So I know I'm a big fan of your podcast and I know last season you spent a lot of your podcast interviewing folks around the world in regards to COVID. Now, given COVID, um, I believe this must have potentially um, given you some hiccups in, pre in, prep in prepping for this trip. What is the biggest hiccup that, that, that you've faced to date with COVID for your Everest climb? And also, with the vaccines out now, do you have or do you plan on getting a vaccine? And, and if so, which one? Well, you couldn't ask a more uh, pertinent, relevant question. Right now, for the last 30 days, I've been scrambling. Uh, my big goal going over to Everest in Nepal was to be vaccinated. So a month ago, I had the, uh, the honor of being vaccinated in Florida. Now I knew I could get my second. I had a Moderna shot in February. So basically you got 30 days for your second shot. And I knew I had to leave Florida to train in Colorado my last 30 days. So it was a crapshoot, not knowing whether I could get a shot up here or would I fly back to Florida. Well, I had a lot of friends up here trying to help me with shots, uh, you know, getting shots. I had uh, various organizations that said they were going to be able to give me a shot. And up to a couple of days ago, all of them fell through. They made decisions that were not in my favor. They, I mean, it was exhausting, exhausting going to these various organizations in Colorado trying to get my second shot. But then, on a lark, a friend of mine suggested, well, you should check out Walmart. I said, Walmart? For a vaccination? And he said, yeah, they have a pharmacy. So I went over to Walmart, and lo and behold, they said, Brad, we'd be honored to give you a second shot. So of all the places, I want to do a big shout-out for the people at Walmart for helping me get my second shot. Now I have a huge weight off my shoulders. I am gonna to go to Nepal fully vaccinated. There'll be a two week cushion before I depart, which is the protocol. And to the best of my knowledge, my other two American teammates 
have been vaccinated as well. So the three of us have been vaccinated, which is a big, big step in the uh, success of uh, the successful expedition. I hope everybody in our team will be uh, vaccinated uh, so we don't have to worry about that going up in the mountain with uh, the Sherpas and the communities that we'll be passing through. But I can proudly say that I have been vaccinated and uh, I'm ready for this expedition. Austin, thank you very much. Got some final words. And just for the record, Brad, what, what vaccination did you get? Uh, Moderna. Awesome. Well, Brad, it's been a pleasure. I'm really excited for you. You got 20 days to continue to prepare for the biggest summit of your life. Um, your family loves you. We respect you. You're a legend. And uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Austin. It's a real honor to have you and the rest of the family rooting me on. It's something that I can't, uh, is irreplaceable. Uh, it's one of the reasons I climb is for my family. And uh, of course, for the, my foundation, the, the charity. Please uh, make any comments at uh, the podcast, which you can pick up my Peaks podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple. They all carry Peaks podcast and uh, stop by my charity form7project.org and uh, be generous in your giving to those kids in need get out there right now uh, austin and i are chilling at 12,000 feet and uh, the snow's coming down in blizzard proportions it's so beautiful out here i encourage each and every one of you to get outside and enjoy if nothing else if you don't learn from the podcast learn that it's good to get out and explore every day of your lives enjoy thank you austin for uh, your time here have a great day